Good evening and welcome to episode three of the Pat Homer podcast. We're back. I'm Cal Parker, joined by my two best buds, Adam Litch and Wes Wilson. I uh, got a lot to discuss tonight. Uh, the Pac's 2-1 series win on opening weekend versus VCU. Uh, Parker Bird's history-making night in Greenville. Of course, Coach Avent's 1,000th win in a Wolfpack uniform. And an exciting opening weekend of college baseball in general. A lot going on, guys. Go hand it over to Wesley first. A thousand wins in the red and white for the man that uh, Wesley likes to say has the worst facilities in the ACC is uh, out punching every year. Wes? Yeah, it came one day uh, later than maybe we would have hoped for. But uh, all the same, amazing that the coach agent has a, a thousand wins with red and white. You know, we talked about it with Andrew last week, the, the lack of resources that the coaches had for, for, for his entire tenure there and, and to compete every year, uh, year in, year out at a national level is just, uh, it's just something that, uh, is amazing. Uh, so some congratulations to, of course, uh, Coach Avent and the team, a uh, special day at the dope today. Um, and also while we're on it, uh, congratulations to Boo. For his extension this week, uh, you know, and my suggestion to Boo, as we roll out the 2025 budget, is we put a statue in that of Avon out front of Doak. So, so Boo, congratulations! But go ahead and put that uh, in the in the budget for 25. <laughs> Adam, oh, that's good stuff. Um, no, I I think it's awesome. Um, Coach Avent got his thousandth win at home. You know, I think that makes it more special, right? Um, rather than um, having to win it during a midweek game or something on the road. So I think it's uh, cool for him. Um, that's hard to believe. He entered his um, what twenty eight. This is his twenty eighth season, so it's pretty special. I heard. I think it's the on the broadcast today. They said I think it's the fifth most among active coaches, um, wins at a school. I think that's the way they worded it. So very cool. Um, uh, another cool thing um, is the Pack Homer podcast today, we donated $1,000 to the Pack NIL uh, for baseball in honor of, of Coach A. Vince, uh, 1,000th win. So uh, we'd encourage other Pack nine fans to do the same thing, support uh, the baseball NIL program. Uh, we think it's important, and the sponsor dollars that we get, that's what we pour it back into. We're we're committed to to spending it back on the pack. So, yeah, I, I'm excited for Coach. I know he's probably glad to have that uh, monkey off his back and um, can focus on the rest of the season now. So there was a lot of talk about when it would happen and that sort of thing. So I'm sure he's I'm sure he's ready to move on and look forward to. Uh, the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember one time when I was uh, when I was playing my well, we went over this before. Not when I was playing my freshman year, but when I was watching in uniform at uh, Mount Olive College. I don't I don't even remember the coach's name now. I'm ashamed to say that, but we were playing North Florida back when North Florida was Division Two, and uh, we were um, we were playing them at home in a, a midweek a midweek matchup. I think we had a we actually played them twice in back to back days. And, you know, coming over from the dorm to take batting practice, you know, a couple hours before the game, we pulled up and, you know, we're used to a couple hundred people being in attendance at first pitch. And um, a couple of uh, 
a couple of hours before the game, before we even took batting practice, the, the seats were full. And it was because their coach there uh, was coaching for his uh, thousandth win. And uh, I think we actually beat them on the uh, night one and, and made them uh, made them wait another night. But yeah, well said, Adam, getting the monkey off your back. I know he's ready to go to Hawaii and, and bask in the sun a little bit, not have that hanging over his head. And yeah, certainly cool to get to do it at the Doke. Uh, so we're definitely the Pack Homer podcast. We want to talk NC State baseball, but something really cool happened in Greenville this weekend that I think is uh, worth mentioning. Um, Parker Bird, uh, I want to let Adam kind of lead us into that since uh, Parker Bird is a Scotland Scott, just like Adam. So, uh, Adam, uh, tell him about what happened in Greenville this weekend and maybe a little more of the backstory there with Parker Bird. Yeah, so if you're listening to a NC State baseball podcast and, and you don't know about what happened in Greenville with Parker Bird, then uh, <laughs> you must have been hiding under a rock this weekend because it was on pretty much every sports outlet, not just college baseball outlet. But Parker Bird, uh, Laurenburg, North Carolina kid, uh, went to Scotland High School, actually committed to East Carolina as a ninth grader, was a four-year letterman at Scotland. Uh, great kid, great family from Marburg, and um, unfortunately, his uh, after he graduated high school, he was in Greenville that summer and uh, was um, got caught up in a in a boating accident, a, a, um, just a terrible situation. Lost one leg, um, had a lot of damage. One thing that they don't really talk about is, you know, he he had a lot of injuries to his other leg. You know, one at one point they even feared you know, could be, uh, you know, both legs. So, um, went through a lot of surgeries. I don't remember the exact number, but it was like 20 or 20 something surgeries. I think, um, at least the first couple of months. So it's been a long road. I think they said it's been like 18 or 19 months, uh, since that injury, but, um, just a story of perseverance. You know, he, he, he was, you know, never gave up on his dream of wanting to play college baseball. Um, I'm sure what happened this weekend to him, you know, does not satisfy that dream. But, you know, got his first um, plate appearance, uh, pinch-hitted, uh, I guess, was that, that was Friday night, right? Was it Friday night or yes, Saturday night? Friday night, right? Um, Friday night. Drew a walk and uh, the place you know, in East Carolina just went absolutely nuts and, uh, it was all over, you know, all, all, you know, it was on D one baseball had it on their homepage as the story of the weekend, you know, it was on ESPN barstool, all the outlets just shared it. Just what an incredible story. First division one college baseball player to play with a, with a prosthetic and, um, just, just really happy for him, his family, um, a lot more to come, you know, and, and Parker's been such an inspiration to so many outside of baseball. I mean, baseball and his story at East Carolina has obviously given him that platform, but, you know, he's he's a good kid and um, just just don't have enough, you know, good things to say about him and, and, and glad for him. And, and, and it's exciting to follow along. I think it's, um, you know, you know, wish him all the best. Hope that uh, hope the pack still gets the win over the Pirates. Obviously, when we play them, but definitely be rooting for them. Yeah, Adam, that was a a, a really special story for uh, for me too. Uh, 
not just because I got too many pirates um, in my family growing up in eastern North Carolina, but uh, also I think some of our listeners may know, but my son Carson was born with one arm. Uh, I got a 12-year-old little boy who plays uh, plays soccer, plays baseball, plays golf. I'm actually getting to be his little league coach right now. It's pretty cool, but he was born with one arm um, above the elbow, and to kind of see what he's gone through uh, growing up, uh, we've kind of always just never told him what he couldn't do and just ask him, uh, you know, let him do whatever, whatever he wants to do. If he wants to try it, we've always wanted to support it. And, uh, you know, things, uh, things sometimes are a little bit harder, but it, it's actually really cool to sit back and watch. I remember when Carson was first to the age where he could, he could talk, you know, it's easy for us to think about all the things you can't do. And, uh, when he was old enough, he could talk really, and I could have a conversation with him. I said, Carson, I would ask him, how, you, how do you do certain things? Because I'm just kind of fascinated how he thinks. I said, Carson, how are you going to brush your teeth? And he just like starts laughing at me. Like it's the dumbest question in the world to him because he's like, um, well, dad, I'm going to put the toothbrush on the counter and put the toothpaste on it <laughs> while it lays on the counter. And then I'm going to, I'm going to brush my teeth. So uh, he just kind of gets a kick out of that. Uh, but his story is a lot different than Parker's uh, because Carson doesn't know any different. Um, he, he was born with one arm, so he doesn't think about, uh, you know, how it would be with two arms. He can't even imagine that. Uh, so I think really, and Carson, me and him were talking about this today, um, what Parker Bird has done uh, is, is honestly a lot harder than, than what I would say Carson goes through day in and day out because he, he's a young man who's, who's lived 18 years or lived 18 years with, with use of two legs and was at the very top of his game. Like Adam said, he's a, a division one commit as a ninth grader, uh, you know, just an exceptional athlete and, and to lose a part of him that, that, you know, made him who he is a, or helped to make him who he is as a player. And then to overcome that and put back on a, a uniform um I, I would be and to get back on the field again uh after all the surgeries and after all the rehab uh, i would be uh, lying to you if i if i were to say that um that didn't make my eyes sweat a little bit uh when i saw a couple of those uh clips on on friday night R- really cool story in greenville anything you want to add Wes? you guys hit it and it's just, just inspirational on so many different levels uh, for a horrific accident like that. And, uh, of course, for us on the coast uh, where we live, we heard about it immediately. And we knew, we knew how severe that injury was from the beginning. And, and to think uh, two years later that, that he would be taking that and one of the better programs in the country is, uh, is, is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Pretty remarkable. So to the Duke. This weekend, uh, we were 2-1 series winners over the VCU Rams. As uh, Wesley mentioned last week, the university where Coach Avent actually uh, got his degree from. And uh, I would, you know, game one, we started Sam Highfield, won, won a 6-1 ball game, fell 9-6 to game two, in game two in a game that Dom Fritton started. And and was just kind of a, a ugly game where we made four errors, never never really played consecutive innings of good baseball, I wouldn't say, and then came back today um, to to win the series with a 5-3 win, freshman Ryan Marone getting his first uh, collegiate victory. And the pack uh, starting 
two and one here early in the season. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the good, the bad, and the maybe ugly uh, that we saw this weekend. Um, I'll start with you, Wesley. Well, you know, I think we had, uh, in, in my opinion, maybe we'll put the great, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> because, because today, Ryan Marone was great. You know, I mean, for a, for a freshman, rubber match, uh, Coach Avent's 1,000th win. I mean, incredible crowd for 48 degrees in, in Raleigh. North Carolina. I mean, he really showed up, and that was that that was uh, fun to watch for for a freshman. So I think that was uh, that was definitely great. Um, you know, and I you know really the same could be said for Van Dam on Friday. Friday, uh, Van Dam was really good. Um, you know, I feel I feel solid. You know, the walks are something that that I'm, I'm sure we're going to limit that in the upcoming weeks. Um, and you already touched on the errors on Saturday. So the errors were kind of a, a glimpse back to last season. So it's something that hopefully we can we can shake off and and uh, we get on the airplane heading to Hawaii. Um, but yeah, I, I would just add great to the good uh, as we you guys break down what we saw this weekend. Yes, sir, Adam. Yeah, I would have to echo echo Ryan Marone. Um, I, I would say him plus, you know, the other freshman guys that, that we got to see today. Um, you know, I think we had, you know, four newcomers um, on on the staff pitching today, but, you know, three freshmen, and um, and they all look good. So I think that's exciting um, for those guys to, to get some appearances this early in the year, kind of build some confidence, you know, against what I thought was a pretty good uh, VCU team, at least uh, from a pitching standpoint, you know, they had, you know, pitchers with good stuff. Um, but Marone really, um, he looked, he looked sharp. Um, you know, and I like to, you know, we, we, um, we had a lot of good at bats today. Seemed like, you know, it's, um, um, you know, seeing Pennington finally kind of break through a little bit after, you know, a bit, a bit of a slow start in the first couple of games was, was good. So, um, and I think, uh, didn't Serrano had a, yeah, he had a hit, um, uh, today. Um, I think he was like one for 12 at, at that time. So, um, yeah, I would have to go to the, to the shining star would be Marone for me as well. Um, but again, all, seeing all the the freshman pitchers, I thought was exciting. We were talking about it. We didn't really know who was going to come in. You know, it's it's a little bit of a change from where we left the season last year, uh, where we had you know. The, I think you mentioned it, Cal. One of our one of our earlier episodes about you know we you know we it was pretty it was pretty set who we were going to bring in. You know who was coming out of the bullpen. So and and of course you know it will get narrowed down as we get into the season. But it was it was exciting to see some some young arms that you got to think are going to get build some, build some quality innings for. So that was exciting. Yeah. I think yeah, was, go ahead. Go ahead. Wes. Well, when, when, when Adam just said, you know, VCU has some guys with some good stuff. I remember Adam telling me that when you guys are flying back from Hartford, Connecticut this year, um, <laughs> Oh God, that, that you, you kind of yeah, pretty good teams. I, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully we'd stop to say there. Hopefully we're more, you're, we're yeah. more right this time. Gosh. 
Um, yeah. You know, last week when we had Andrew Sensen on, we talked about, uh, we talked about, you know, we had to eliminate some of the errors and not walk guys um, and, and play better defense. And, and, you know, we played two errorless ball games, but we made four errors in game two. Uh, we'll talk about that here a little bit more in just a second. But uh, for me, you know, I was definitely impressed with Marone. You get eight strikeouts from a freshman that's, up, you know, toeing the rubber for his uh, coaches, a thousandth win in NC State uniform. That's, that's pretty dang cool. Uh, but I was just really excited to see uh, Butterworth at short and how well he played. Uh, I think if I, I looked earlier, well, I was at the I was at the ballpark on Friday, and they had a couple of balls just hit really hard at him. You know, those in between hops and uh, everything just seemed, you know, it seemed automatic. And um, you know, I know he's he, you know, he's batting at the bottom of the lineup. He's a guy that's in the lineup every day because of his defense. And uh, he was a uh, he was definitely a, a strong point uh, for us in the field, a place that we did struggle a little bit this weekend. I, I was just here looking at the stat sheet. He had 11 opportunities this weekend. He was 11 for 11, uh, eight assists. Uh, so uh, I think Butterworth there at shortstop was was another bright point. Um, I also, I was uh, telling my uh, my wife when we were there at the ballpark on, on Friday, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of new guys in the lineup. Uh, that you know haven't played a lot of college baseball or, or not you know been in a Division One batter's box a, a whole heck of a lot other than what they were in the fall and um, you know just talking about with her about how some of those guys carry themselves and they look in the box uh, I thought that Alex Sosa like from the time he stepped in the box for his first at bat you know he he just has this swagger about him that I belong here um, and. You know, he only he only started two out of the three games before this weekend, and it's a long season. I don't expect him to hit 429 all year. Uh, but he was three for seven, two walks, had some good at-bats. Just really, I thought, looked the part in the batter's box. Uh, Hevner, uh, a guy that's waited his turn uh, to, yep. to hit two out this weekend. Uh, that was pretty cool to see. Um, you know, I'm not worried about Eli Serrano. Hitters hit. Uh, I wasn't really worried about Pennington if he had to went over for the weekend. Uh, you know, hitters are going to hit, um, and hitters are also going to go in slumps where they go one for 18. That's just baseball. Um, but to see some of the younger guys, um, to, to, not, uh, to not shy away from the big stage, uh, you could just tell the way some of those guys carried themselves. We got a lot of options uh, in the lineup. Um, you know, I don't know how many guys we, we ran up to the, the, the plate this weekend. Uh, you know, uh, just looking down the list, I guess you had uh, Sosa, Drew Lanfear, uh, Jacob Cozart, of course, Hevner, Souls, Pennington, Amac, Josh Hogue, Brandon Butterworth, Eli Serrano, Luke Nixon, Chase Nixon, all those guys getting their bats this weekend. That's a lot of guys uh, that, you know, you can kind of interchange and, and, and write out a lineup card every day. And I, I think uh, that's, uh, uh, pretty exciting. So transitioning, uh, you know, some of the things that we would say concern us. Um, yeah, you just can't make four errors in three games. I just, it, we, we didn't make four errors in three games. We made four errors in one game. Uh, so hopefully that's an anomaly, but uh, yeah, uh, four errors is a, uh, is a, a tough way to win games. And we didn't even really give, it didn't cost us a whole, a whole lot of earned runs. We gave up, let's see, we gave up 13 runs this weekend, 11 earned. So, you know, we lost that game 9-6. It didn't technically lose us the game on paper. But, man, when you're kicking it all over the place, I like to say playing soccer with it. 
um, it it really kind of takes the edge off of off of things uh, and, and kind of gets you in a. It, it kind of it can, it can go back to the batter's box with you too. And so, for me, the ugly would certainly be the fact that you know we were we went out there worried about making errors, trying to be a better defensive baseball team, and we go and make four errors on Saturday. Uh, that that was a little bit uh, concerning to me. Wes? Man, I'll go ahead. Go ahead, Wesley. All right. You can go ahead, Adam. We're still learning, ahead, baby. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you're right. Uh, I was just going to say, oh, that just I had a thought come to me talking about, you know, what's concerning. Um, I guess, you know, concerned early on with, with Sam, right, and and Highfield and, and uh, walking a bunch of guys early. But I thought he recovered from it very well and showed a lot of poise, you know, to, to be able to come back. And, you know, I think he gave up five walks. Um, but we ended up with 11 strikeouts, I think, on, on Friday night. I think 32 for the weekend and with 12, ended up with 12 walks all total. But it just seemed like a lot at one time on – on Friday, obviously. So that was concerning early on because, you know, you want to get off to a good start and you put a lot of guys on base and in, in college, there's just a lot of, a lot of small ball. You just don't have, you just don't see those opportunities really at the next level with pitchers putting guys on. But, um, uh, at college, it's obviously a big part of the game. So, um, I, I was glad to see him recover from that. Right. I mean, we're all just big, big fans of Sam and, you know, want him to, to, uh, to finish out his career on a, on a real positive level and, and excited for him to get that first start, you know, on opening, opening game. So I, I, I was glad to see him kind of bounce back from, you know, giving up some, putting some guys on early. Wes. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about on the previous podcast, you got 20 new guys, 20 veterans. So I think we saw that, you know, this weekend with plug and play, I think it's exciting that the D8 spot, there's going to be a ton of everyday competition. I mean, there's going to be you know, from, from practice, no practice is off. I mean, there a ton of competition that's only going to make the lineup better. I mean, for me, again, you know, we had the four errors. Like Cal said, did that win or lose us the game? No. Um, did I see anything that I'm concerned about? Not really. I mean, I, I saw a ton of talent on the field, a ton of, you know, uh, veteran talent, a ton of young talent. The pitching out of the bullpen was, uh, was great, you know, for a uh, first weekend. I mean, I'm jealous of those guys that, especially the freshman pitchers of February, they come out there and, you know, the bullpen shuts VCU down, uh, to win that thousandth game. So, you know, I'm excited, you know, <laughs> I think, I think it was a great, a great showing, you know, will we want to sweep? Sure. But also, I mean, if you think about, think about that third game and, you know, already we've dealt with some adversity. Um, you know, these guys, uh, you know, showed a lot of heart, uh, you know, what more could you ask for in a first series? Um, you know, uh, the warm up to ACC play is, is, is not, is not very long. So it's going to get real very quick for these guys. And to have that type of an opening series, uh, I think will definitely benefit us, the pitching staff from the entire lineup down the road. Yeah. Uh, I had some 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 notes here. You know, you talk about not being too overly overly concerned. You know, it's a two one series win. It's a, you know, it, it it somehow feels a whole lot more concerning if you were to lose the series. Then you kind of are just you're pretty down and dejected. But guys, college baseball it's a grind. You know, you're fifty six games. 
we talked about that the other night. You think you're going to roll out there and just, you know, sweep every non-conference series. It's not realistic. Um, we're going to talk about a little the ACC here uh, in just a little bit. But just top 25 losses this weekend. Just to put it in perspective, you know, if any of you are a little uh, a little bit sore over us not sweeping VCU this weekend. Um, of course, it, just in the top 25, we, we had VCU lost one out of three to uh, – or NC State lost one out of three to VCU. Number two, Florida lost to unranked St. John's. Uh, number nine, Tennessee uh, beat Texas Tech. They would have been favored in that game. Unranked Cal over Kansas or over number twenty-four Kansas State. Indiana beat number eighteen Coastal. Coastal also lost to Duke. So Coastal number eighteen in the country with two losses after the weekend. Oklahoma five to one over Tennessee. Uh, unranked Arizona, which kind of sounds weird to say. But unranked Arizona, I don't know how to consider them an underdog against Northeastern, but uh, <laughs> they beat Northeastern two out of three this weekend. Uh, Lehigh beats number 20, Iowa. Campbell's going to be good again. Man, they do a good job down there. They win two out of three over number 17, Santa Barbara. James Madison over number three, Arkansas. Duke, as I mentioned, beat Coastal in a game they would have been favored in. San Diego over number 16, Texas, and Florida Atlantic, unranked Florida Atlantic over number four, Vandy. So we just, you know, that's all the top 25 losses we had this weekend. Number two, three, and four loss. Uh, so, yeah, like piggybacking off what Wesley said, uh, you win series one, uh, you run out a lot of new guys, a lot of guys I think that, you know, look athletic, look the part. Uh, that are only going to get better the more times they uh, are able to get in the lineup and get an opportunity to play under the lights. Um, not a bad weekend overall. Um, anything else to add, guys, on that? Okay. I want to talk about the ACC a little bit before we talk about our trip to Hawaii. I've been kind of trying to follow. I'm, I apologize for any background noise, but Hawaii and Ole Miss are playing. It's going to be tough next weekend when we play at 1135 Eastern time. Uh, Wesley already complains that we record so late at night, so I don't know what we're going to do. And uh, we, the games might not even be over next week when we play. Uh, but in the ACC this weekend, before uh, or when we started recording the night, the ACC went 32 and five on the weekend. So we talked about the ACC being a gauntlet. The ACC went 32 and five. State two one over VCU. Wake went 3-0 and this weekend, number one in the country. They went over one, one over Fordham, Illinois, and Akron. Clemson 3-0 over Xavier. Notre Dame 3-0 over Rice. Duke went 3-0 and against Indiana, George Mason, and Coastal. UVA 3-0 over Hofstra. Pitt 3-0 over Maine. UNC 3-0 over Wagner. Miami 3-0 and over New Jersey Tech. Louisville lost two games this weekend. Lost to Indiana State and UConn. Uh, the UConn baseball program, you were giving us a hard time uh, earlier about their football program, Wesley, but the UConn baseball program has been pretty good the last couple of years, and they beat Louisville this weekend. Uh, Boston College uh, split a pair this weekend. They played Ohio State and Kansas State. Uh, they were uh, up 8-6 to six over Cal uh, when we started recording the night. Virginia Tech won two out of three over UNC Charlotte. Georgia Tech went 3-0 and over Radford. And uh, – Florida State, due to the weather down there where Adam's at in Florida, only got two games in, but they went 2-0 and over Butler. So 32-5, and the ACC goes in week one. Uh, does that change Does that change your mind any about what we already thought the ACC was? I don't think a whole lot. 
I mean, that's, uh, that is, uh, getting it done. Uh, anything you guys saw in the ACC this weekend that really stood out to you? I think, I mean, I think, I think, I think Virginia Tech series win over Charlotte. I mean, just goes to show the, the depth of the ACC. I mean, Charlotte's picked to be second and the American right behind East Carolina. So I mean, I think for them to go to Charlotte and win that series opening weekend, uh, again, is just a testimony to the overall depth of the ACC. And what did you say, Adam? 11 home runs? Yeah, 11 home runs for Duke, I, you know, and then they let off today first pitch of, of the game with another home run. So, um, yeah, that was that was pretty impressive. There were some some big scores, a lot of runs put up this weekend. Yeah, I don't know how many runs Duke scored this weekend. I didn't have my calculator. I think they scored 23 in one game, but I told you guys last week I thought Duke was going to be a problem. And honestly, I thought they were going to be a problem because of all the arms they had. And then they go down to Myrtle Beach this weekend and hit a hit eleven home runs in a game, um, and come out of there three and zero, beat a ranked Coastal Carolina team, uh, beat an Indiana team that we already talked about, uh, had a, had an upset uh, win over Coastal themselves. So Duke uh, looked, I thought, definitely looked the part uh, this weekend, and um, that's going to be uh, the ACC is just going to be be the gauntlet that we've we've been preaching. Until until something changes, uh, I think that uh, you know you better pack a lunchbox every week. So on to Hawaii. <laughs> I think the whole Hawaii thing has surprised me this weekend. Have you guys been paying yeah. attention? We're going to Hawaii next week. Well, we're not. Uh, we're we're <laughs> going to be here in the cold and fifty degree Raleigh. But uh, uh, the pack is traveling to Hawaii. I'm guessing they're going to probably leave a couple of days early to give them time themselves some time to adjust to that that time change uh but the pack is going to play is it the rainbow warriors is that right i don't want to be i don't want to disrespect i don't want to disrespect hawaii but anyway we're going to play the we're going to play the rainbow warriors next week flying halfway across the world and uh hawaii this weekend um and i'm trying to get the final here nice hawaii they ended up, it ended up being a split, so they won game four today. They played four against Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss, uh, just a couple years ago, your College World Series champions, went down to Hawaii and split uh, with the Rainbow Warriors. So uh, a lot uh, – <laughs> uh, another challenge next week. It's not They're not just going to lay down for us because the mighty ACC is uh, coming on uh, to the island. Um, you guys uh, – I don't know how much you guys got to pay attention to that. I was just kind of following the the bot scores a little bit. The one thing that did stand out to me, um, and, and I don't know if this has changed, but there was not a single home run hit uh, between either team um, going into game four. Uh, n- neither Ole Miss or um, Hawaii were, was able to hit a home run uh, in that series uh, as of the eighth inning of game four, which Adam Adam just mentioned that, that Hawaii was able to win. I think they, they – they were up ten to four in that game. Do you know the final, Adam? Thirteen to four. Uh, Ole 13 Miss had four. six errors. Ole Miss had six errors today. Um, and in all fairness, I do think Ole Miss is picked to finish uh, dead last in the SEC. Um, 
which is just crazy. Them and Mississippi State being with the facilities they got there, they're picked at the, the two bottom teams in the SEC. So, but uh, yeah, and even that. How does first that happen? Game, How do you go from winning the College World Series? See, guys, that's why you got to give money to the baseball NIL fund. Lane's taking all the dang money, and now these guys went from the College World Series to like hoping. Well, they don't even got an NIT for baseball. These boys are over losing to the Rainbow Warriors. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, and I think the first the first game they Ole Miss came back and won it late. I'm pretty sure. So it, it was uh, in thirteen, yeah. but it was yeah, it was extra innings that first game. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, thirteen yeah. inning ball so, game. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. another thing that stood out was the fact that Hawaii was able to play thirteen innings against Ole Miss and win the game. Because you would think a SEC bullpen has got to be a lot deeper than than what you know Hawaii would have. And so to go toe to toe and go deep into a thirteen inning ball game and Hawaii keep running guys out there to to get an old an old Miss lineup out, um, you know, might have flashbacks of of, the, of this weekend because you know, frankly against the VCU bullpen this weekend, we weren't very good. So um, that'll be something to kind of pay attention to uh, in that matchup next week. Um, what's the time difference between here and Hawaii, just so we can kind of? Six? Six? Is it six hours? So we're, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking here. We play at 6.35 Hawaiian time on Friday night. 6.35 Hawaiian time on Saturday night, so and then we play at 1.05 on Sunday. So it's five. Uh, so five it, then, right? Is it five or six? Five? Five. So we're playing at 11.35 Eastern. Yeah. 11.35 Eastern, we will take on the Rainbow Warriors. So, real quick, and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up talking about Hawaii and, and, and wrap this one up. Uh, you guys have expect anything different in the rotation next weekend? You think we go with the same three? Uh, gosh, one thing we didn't talk about earlier is Dom, again, ran out there, looked electric for three innings. Again, hit the wall in the fourth inning. Um, I know that he's probably as upset about that as anybody. Um, but what, what do you guys think will mix up the rotation after seeing some of the guys that we saw out of the pen? Personally, don't go ahead, Wesley. Early on, yeah, I think I think we'll keep it the same. You know, I think that at least for this series, we'll keep it the same. See see how that goes, and and then evaluate from there. But I, I'd be shocked if there's a whole lot of uh, you know mix up in the uh, original rotation we saw this weekend. Yeah, um, I, I do think if anybody does break into the rotation, uh, which I don't think. I don't think – I think it's very premature to, to take Tom Fritton out of the rotation. And then uh, on, on top of that, you know, Highfield and, and Maroney, even though Highfield did have uh, some control issues, uh, some command issues with his five walks. Um, I think, you know, he gave up one hit and five in. And so I kind of agree. We won't change anything there. But uh, Shane Van Dam was good, guys. Uh, he came in and threw four innings. He was uh, – I, you know, I don't know how accurate it, the scoreboard is in the dope. That's another thing, dang it. Like, why can't we get the speed on television? No. Like, I know. I'm how, sitting there how like. Are supposed, how are we supposed to track that if we can't even get the, the radar on the ACC uh, <laughs> network extra? 
If anybody they listening don't even, they don't, has the ACC ACC Network doesn't even know who's at second base. I mean, we're yeah, gonna have yeah. Hebner was diving up for balls all over the place, laying out the day three balls in a row. I think when uh, uh, who was on the mound? Uh, Fanning. Fanning came in. I don't even think a ball got hit out of the infield, and uh, you know Hebner's jersey was in completely dirty in three minutes of game action, and every single one of the plays was. Uh, credited to Luke Nix, and we actually had somebody in our group text text us and say, "Man, it sounds like Luke really gloves it." We're like, yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's not him because even the, the radio and the TV guys had it wrong. Um, but yep. yeah, back to the speed thing. Uh, anybody listening that's got any pull, like we would like to maybe see how fast our pitchers are throwing on television. It seems like the SEC can get it, um, but the only way we can find out, you know, whether a guy's throwing ninety or a hundred is is to. Um, to go to the ballpark. So if anybody can make that happen, we'd, we'd appreciate it. Um, but anyway, Van Dam, for anyone who couldn't see it at home, uh, I was there when he threw on Friday and he was up to 97 and uh, just hard to believe that kid was uh, going down the path of being a division three quarterback and nothing wrong with that, but he was going down the path of being a division three quarterback. And now my gosh, he looks like he's got the stuff that to be a, a day one draft pick. If he, if he keeps developing. Um, so I could see him, you know, if some guys struggle or, or, or there's injuries, um, I would say right now he'd be the next man up to, to get into the rotation. He, he threw four strong on Friday. Nice. All right. Well, before we go, um, I want to talk about a couple things sponsorship-wise. So as Adam mentioned earlier today, uh, I still think we're in the red. Uh, Adam's our treasurer, so uh, <laughs> he's, he's got a, It's not hard to count all the money we got coming in right now. Uh, but we did. Uh, we thought it was important uh, with Coach Avian's a thousandth win today that we did, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, don the Pack Homer Pod uh, donated a thousand dollars to the One Pack NIL Fund uh, for the baseball program. Uh, I will say some of that money is and it has come from our sponsors. Uh, as we promised that it that it would, uh, we certainly uh, would like uh, to give more, and we we would love your help from the sponsor uh, side. Adam, do you want to give them the 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 email information to reach out to us if if anyone is interested in sponsoring the podcast? So it's packhomerpod at gmail dot com. Also, you can send us a a DM on uh, packhomerpod on X formerly known as Twitter. Um, we're working on setting up some of our other stuff too, but um, not quite there yet. So let's just not limit quite messages there. to, uh, yeah, uh, we got some a few other things going on. So um, packhomerpod <laughs> at gmail.com and packhomerpod on X um, is a good place to reach us. Yep, and our title sponsor right now is Waters and Mathis CPAs. If you want to pack your pockets with tax savings, visit WMCPAs.com. WMCPAs.com. Looking for more sponsors. We're also looking for more Twitter followers. Follow us at, at Pack Homer Pod. Uh, we promise you when we get a thousand Twitter followers, which we're a long way away, but when we get a thousand Twitter followers at, at Pack Homer Pod, We'll send another $1,000 uh, to the one-pack NIL collective for our baseball program. So follow us on at Pack Homer Pod. Anything else you guys want to add before we play our, our music? Uh, 
our, our pipe music because we we're, we're still learning that too. I do want to add we're on Apple now, we're on YouTube, and of course we are still on Spotify and uh, still still learning how to get our our show out to the masses. Um, we did surprise ourselves last week. I think we had over two hundred listeners, and uh, maybe maybe this week we'll we'll be able to double that. Who knows? I just looked. Anything else, our, guys? Our, oh, go ahead, Evan. I just looked at. I just looked in our tweet tonight. So far, we have fifty three hundred and ninety seven impressions. So, I don't understand the analytics of Twitter or X, um, but that's that sounds pretty good. So we're we're getting there. That sounds pretty good. We, we might be to a hundred followers on Twitter before we know it. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. We'll talk to you next week.